Welcome back to the podcast. This is a summary of the first 30 days of 75 hard for me. Um, I didn't do a I didn't do a podcast on the weekend for the end of week four just because I was a couple of days out from being able to do this. Right now I'm midway through day 30, so I'm feeling pretty good about making the about making my own review on it here. So let's start out. I took some measurements this morning, uh, as I did on the morning of day one. So I started out on day one with two fourteen point nine pounds. That was my that was my body weight. And as I mentioned, I was using a a digital scale. It's supposed to read out body fat percentages and and some other you know body water and all that. I didn't get. I didn't really get into tracking body water, skeletal muscle mass, and what have you. Because I honestly don't understand how well or how accurate these scales really can measure that. So the more I started looking into it and watching how my body was changing over the last 30 days and watching what the measurements were doing, and it wasn't quite adding up for me, so... Uh, the weight wise though, that was consistent, you know, it, it made sense. That made sense. I'm just going to stick with the weight. I'll, I'll tell you what the body fat percentage reads out at. So my body fat percentage at 214.9 pounds was 24.2%. Now after a month, my body weight is 219.2 pounds registering a 25.1% body fat. So I gained 4.3 pounds, but also just under a percent of body fat. So knowing what I see in my pictures, and it's very obvious that I've converted body fat into muscle. So that body fat number should have went down some. So I'm pretty sure that they're using some sort of a calculation based on body mass index or BMI to give you what your body fat percentage is. As my weight fluctuates, so does the body fat. And it's it's very predictable, so I don't I don't think that that is you know a scale that I would recommend if you're really concerned with your body fat. Um on the weight side, I was initially, as I mentioned, a little discouraged just by the fact that I wasn't being able to trim down to my goal weight. So I messed around a little bit, you know, on certain days where I wasn't doing as much. I would cut my food back quite a bit and I'd even work out and then fast for a little, a little while, you know, like two or three hours until I actually ate. And if I ate, I'd eat just a little something to get my body to use what was inside it. But what I found is that registered the following morning as like a three pound, two to three pound drop in body weight, which, you know, uh, subsequently would drop my body fat percentage. But again, the following day, so... This is usually something that I tested out, say on a Sunday when 
all I was doing was my workouts, although they, they're a little bit more intense on the weekends, just because I'm not struggling with being tired at, at four in the morning to do them, or after having worked 10 hours and coming to you know do a workout, I was really able to focus my weekend workouts to being a lot harder. So I would go and just run, or just, sorry, hike up and down the the hill of a hundred foot elevation outside of our house, you know, four or five times to complete the 45 minutes. And that would really burn a lot more calories, uh, be a lot more intense of a workout. The same with um, another walk I did was, I actually did a whole walk was the whole day. So I did a 45, 50 minute walk and then a 55 minute walk just after that and it was just under 12k that day and that's what I did for my workouts both outside Um, the resistance band training is going very well a lot of toning and definition it's it's really it's really showing that I'm I wouldn't say I'm gaining a whole pile of muscle mass, but I'm definitely, I've definitely improved my muscle mass from day one. That's without a doubt. It's visible in my calves, my my quads and hamstrings. Um, it's definitely visible in my arms and shoulders and chest. I'm still working on on core. But I, I, I've, re, I've reduced a lot of my body measurements. So I think when I was initially looking for a reduction in body fat percentage and weight, that's not the right way of looking at this. The right way of looking at it is not based on a number on the scale so much as these measurements that you're taking at the end of one month. And at the end of the 75 days for that matter, the the difference you see in the mirror, the difference people see in you, it'll it'll be noticeable. It'll be a lot more noticeable than you're going to see on the scale. It can be very, very upsetting when you've been doing this for weeks straight, 10 days straight, a month straight, and you've gained weight. But I think it's what kind of weight you're carrying. What good is it doing you? I I've looked back at lots of pictures from when I was when I was even lighter, you know, like 210, 212, and I was chubby. Like I had a big belly, I had a chubbier face because I didn't have as big of a beard, so you could really tell. But like the the muscle that weighs more than fat that's on your body, that's on my body now, hangs a lot better. Well, it hangs less, but you know, it sits better. (laughs) So... My measurements, sorry, I'll get back to that. Okay, so my waist on day one measured out at a 37 and three quarter inches. Today I measured at a 36 and one half. So that is a reduction in my waistline. So that's where about where your belt sits of 1.25 inches. My chest when measured on day one was a 48 inch chest. I have gained one inch on my chest in 30 days, so my chest is one inch bigger. So measuring around the stomach, so that's just around the belly button, I measured that at a 41 and a half inches. 
on day one. This morning, measured a 39 inch. So a gain of, or a reduction in my belly size of 2.5 inches. So that one was that one wasn't a surprise to me. After I saw my progress pictures 10 days in, that one I think was evident. I think I I think I dropped the majority of those belly inches in the first 10 12 days and from there the definition at other parts of my body really started to show um my legs i measured my legs around you know about where the the boxer line sits so grabbing your quads and hams kind of right in the middle i measured those at 24 and a quarter inches and they were both the same Again, today I measured them. They were 24 inches, both the same. That's a round circumference, right? So I lost. I expected that they would have been, they would have gotten bigger. I mean, they feel bigger. They look way bigger to me. There's quite a bit more definition, especially in the muscle groups on the quad and then in the hamstring closer to the knee from all the from all the hiking and snowshoeing like that's that's very clear definition but i have lost so a half an inch sorry a quarter of an inch on the legs and i guess that makes sense as i'm burning it off for for all of the hiking that i have been doing hiking walking snowshoeing i guess that makes sense that it would reduce slightly but I mean, I am way stronger now than I than I was before. Like I, we were out for a hike in the one day, and it was kind of cold. And my daughter, she weighs about seventy four pounds or so, and I threw her on my back for a piggyback uphill, and it was really nothing. It was it was good. It was a good sign, and that was, that was earlier on. That was a few weeks back now. Uh, biceps I did left and right now there's a half inch difference between my left and right biceps uh, like my arms so bicep tricep right around the middle I measured out on day one 15 inches on the left and 15 and a half on the right this morning I measured out 16 sorry where was I now 15 on the left, 15 and a half on the right. This morning I measured 15 and a half on the left and 16 inches on the right. So I did get I did get a half an inch increase on both arms proportionally, which makes sense for the exercises I was doing was all just all resistance bands. So those aren't really meant to gain muscle mass. You have to you have to hold things a lot longer with not using heavier weights. So when you're using resistance bands and doing body weight exercises, you're relying on time under tension to tear the muscle more so than just doing the repetition. So what I found from the first week that I was doing this, I was trying to bang out reps with these with these bands more so than I was focusing on technique. So the last couple of weeks plus a couple of days here, um, I've really been focusing more on more repetitions 
and being specific on the technique and the angles that I'm using this gym at or the or the bands that I'm, you know, standing on or pulling against, you know, other objects. As you've seen how those resistance bands work when you tie them to a door, you, know, you secure them through a doorway or something like that. I'm being very cautious of, or very conscious, conscious? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> conscious of the angles that I'm using and what muscle groups those are activating when I'm doing those exercises to really make sure that I'm hitting the groups that I want to see improvement on. And as well, when I am doing these workouts, I am making sure that I balance the areas that I'm exercising. So if I'm doing a lot of curls, I will turn around and I will do a lot of tricep extensions and try to work them out so they balance themselves out. If I'm doing a lot of chest, then I will do back after that and so on and so forth. Shoulders, shoulder raises and pull downs, butterflies, stuff like that. Um, and as far as the, the legs go, I've been really having to stretch those out with, with all the hiking that I've been doing. The stretching has been hugely helpful. I've had a couple of, I don't know if I'd call them sprains, but definitely some, I had a knee injury, a light knee injury where I kind of sprained it or overexerted it in the first week there and I was nursing that back and if I overdo it sometimes I really have to stretch it out after so I had another I had another walk after I took a really long one a really long hike that the front of my shins like the muscle that runs along the front of your shin those were both very tight and I had to stretch the heck out of those to get them to to loosen back up for me so stretching has been has been really key for what I've been going through with with muscle soreness and fatigue. It does help when you can factor it in more regularly as opposed to just trying to do my yoga and stretching on the days where I'm tired or on the Sunday. The Sunday yoga thing is is good but I've started now taking the the first 10 minutes to 15 minutes of any of my morning workouts are all stretching and that's been more important for me getting up to try to do the the resistance routines as as opposed to perhaps getting up and going for a walk in the morning but before I'm doing any of these any of these resistance band training sessions I am I'm definitely stretching out big time and you know using foam rollers and blocks and trying to get the kinks out of all my muscle groups as best I can and then that still leaves me with a half an hour sometimes I go longer if I need to to complete the exercises so on let's see so that's stretching that's the measurements pictures that I've been taking along the way are incredible to see the difference from day one to day 30. 
I mean, really, really, they are they are an incredible change for my not super strict diet and my not super intense routine. So I will burn on average, I would say, 280 to 360-ish calories in that 45 minutes regardless of what I'm doing. So if it's cardio, if it's snowshoeing, if it's the weight routine, I seem to burn about the same in that 45 minutes. Now that's going off of an app on this Amaz Fit or Amaz Fit band that I got from Amazon and it runs through this Zep app. I suppose that's probably as accurate as you can get for tracking what you're burning for calories. But it does do a good job through the app of separating out, you know, your low intensity, moderate, aerobic, anaerobic, and VO2 max heart rate zones. So I think it's got a pretty good a pretty good idea on what you're burning when it uh, when it does the calculations at the end so it uploads onto the app and I can go back and I can look at every one of the exercises that I've gone through see where I had the higher heart rate and and see what percentage of that workout was you know an aerobic workout or very light or how much of it was you know performed at vo2 max and I hit VO2 max very little. Now, I don't know if that's just, you know, my inability to push myself that far yet, or maybe I'm not engaging certain muscle groups or my, you know, my cardiovascular system in in that much strain to really push it that far. I don't I don't think that my body's ready for that type of a test yet I really wanted to do one to see where I was at but one of the other major changes that I noticed and this was a concern for me months ago when I was sitting there trying to measure what my heart rate was and I just you know I felt my pulse and I was concerned because I was getting like a 82 beats per minute like 84 beats per minute I was like well that's not good but so I went and I got this band to really kind of figure out the heart rate the heart rate issue so my resting heart rate has lowered in the last month from around a 65 to 68 down to sometimes down to 57 56 like I have a very low resting heart rate now compared to what it was before and the other the other thing that's noticeable is from my first week even of really hammering hard on on the walks and the snowshoes and when I when I hit my first little period of vo2 max on my readouts was when I overexerted my knee I was really pushing for, for a walk, hiking, fast hiking pace, I was really pushing hard. And 
I felt like that I maxed out on that on that hill pushing up that last bit to to really fight and that's when I achieved that you know 170 174 beats per minute registering you know as a vo2 max for me so I have completed those same intensity of exercise as hard as I can push in the three and the four week marks I have increased my my overall physical exertion during my my resistant band routine squats and and uh you know my my core routine that I do for leg raises I mean that really gets my blood pumping is you know elevated leg raises holding you know holding my my abs loaded under tension for periods of time and through through that those same levels of exercise with as a, an improved exertion rate i am seeing a lower overall heart rate it's harder for me now to get my heart rate up above aerobic into the anaerobic thresholds with the level of exercise that i'm doing and i am i am putting forth the work i'm coming out of this covered in sweat and feeling wore out and really hard worked just like I was before but I'm getting more done and I have a lower heart rate while I'm doing it so I believe that this is helping immensely for my overall health cardiovascular health any of my all-around performance so I can't I can't wait to see what, you know, the next 30 days and what the event eventuality will be at the 75 day mark. I'm going to keep with these measurements and and that every 30 days, so the next 30 days and the next 15 so that I can have a really good idea of of the total progression from not just, you know, the first month but in segments all the way to the end of this. Um I have maintained my diet through this through this whole deal without obviously without breaking it or I would have to restart it but without abusing any of the any of the things that I have been allowed so with only reduce with only cutting out certain things like this is a very manageable diet i definitely think i can do better if i was looking to really visibly cut down the you know the belly fat that's still kind of there masking what feels like enormous abs when i'm doing sit-ups which i can do properly now that's another that's another gain that is worth mentioning I could not do an unassisted sit-up, meaning I I would have to have my, you know, like my feet jammed under something or a weight on my feet. I could not do those for the first two and into the third week. Whereas now I can do this morning I did 15 unassisted sit-ups. You know, that was sorry, 16 was what I maxed out at, but I did 15 unassisted and that was my my rep limit that I was normally going for. I just wanted to see if I could get that extra one in there today without 
you know, my feet coming off the ground. So, uh, chin-ups, though, have suffered through this. I have not been doing them. I did get some, like, Olympic rings, like, gymnastic rings in the mail. And I have them not so prettily hung up on the front porch. So, those are probably going to get moved. They may end up finding their way into the basement so that that can be part of my morning routine more so. I had intended on leaving them outside so I could do the, you know, like as I'm coming back from a walk or a run or a snowshoe, just kind of hop onto them and go, you know, get some of those chin-ups in there and pull-ups. But I think I may, they may be better served if I can find a good spot to put them downstairs with the rest of the workout equipment. So we'll see how that goes. Right now I can do three going on four and you know then I then I'm struggling so I have to get back into that it is a perishable skill if you're not continuing with chin-ups here or at least if I'm not continuing with chin-ups I can't just walk over there and do 10 like I did when I was training every day to to do the chin-ups at work so but I mean at that time I was doing 15 20 25 a day over the course of the day to really get those muscles able to haul my big ass up there you know to to get that 10 in a row and I only I only did between 8 and 10 in a row a few times so supplements have stayed the same um I did change up brands on one cuz it was discontinued I think I mentioned that already but you know, the Magnum Primer Performance Packs, you know, the, the multivitamins, the muscle recovery, obviously is helped by the gallon of water a day. I'm not sure how with the amount of peeing that a person does when you're drinking a gallon of water a day. My God. It's a lot. It really it really is a lot of water. And that is one of the that is one of the large challenges still at at the 30 day mark is is getting that gallon of water in you every day it's obviously helping so definitely something to do your best to space out overall energy level by the time the weekend shows up i i struggle to i still struggle to want to get out of bed in the morning for a workout it's just difficult if I don't have that, excuse me, if I don't have that uh, need of getting up for work to want to get up that early. And I feel that these weeks kind of power me out with everything, so it's nice to get a little bit of extra sleep, but I don't wonder if I'm maybe not oversleeping. So I'm, I'm averaging sleep from I was going to bed earlier at like 8 o'clock 8.30 after I was done reading and I was okay for rest level for the most part but I found that my back or my body was sore when I woke up if I was getting closer to that 8 hours of sleep whereas if I'm closer on to that 6, 6 7 right in there that's working out really well for my 
amount of sleep I need in the evening. So I was, I am going to bed about nine o'clock now. It, it gives me an extra hour to get stuff done, you know, around the house and feed the dogs and all that. Ooh. Pardon me, coffee break. Ah, good stuff. Nectar of the gods, that is. Anyway. In the mornings, making sure I sleep on my back really helps for me to wake up and, and get motivated straight away. I don't have to spend so much time stretching out my back. On the weekends... On the weekends, I'm more motivated to get outside and, and do stuff in the middle of the day. Like, we're in a really good stretch of weather right now. I really like going for the walks. Yes, they're easy. Like, even on, on this last Sunday night, I wasn't feeling like going for a walk. I did a really killer, really killer routine on, on Sunday morning for my resistance bands but I just wanted to go for, I just wanted to go for a walk instead of you know a snowshoe or something something else so I just I did a nice easy walk I did a couple of stretches and then that was it so my back was a little sore from the intense routine that is one thing I do notice with the resistance band routine is it does place a lot of constant strain on your core and my weaker point of that is my lower back so I've started trying to figure out other stretches or yoga poses and exercises to help bring some more strength to my lower back and balance it out so that's a work in progress for the next for the next rest of this program and probably going forward But energy during the day after doing this workout still remains really high. Uh, attention to detail, focus on work and other other projects. Like my mind feels very, very clear, very sharp, very analytical. Stuff's, stuff's working better. I'm, I'm thinking better. My level of sleep is is amazing energy sleep being well rested I'm tracking way better on the deep sleep not waking up as much unless I drink the last portion of my water heavily towards the evening before bed then of course you're up going to the bathroom a bunch which is what it is but other than that the the deep sleep and the good quality of sleep is really showing It's definitely, it's definitely making a difference. I did, I did hit a couple of walls here and there right around the middle to end of last week for motivation wise. But again, once you get over the hurdle of putting on your shorts and your, and your gym shoes, your workout shoes, and just be like, Okay, enough of the sniveling. We're going to get this done because we're not going to give up on the challenge over over this shit. So that that once you 
clear that that tiny hurdle in your brain of oh, I don't really know if I want to do this. I don't feel like doing that. Once once you dispense with that and just put on your shoes and go, the problem's over. The motivation finds itself after that point. It's like unless your back is really sore and that's all you can manage to do is some stretching and some, you know, whatever yoga doesn't toke or uh tug on your on your tender spots like getting going on a walk it's that's easy you just start walking and by the time you're you go downhill first and then you come back by the time you're ready to finish off you're you're in a completely different mood you're feeling more accomplished you're glad that you did it and you pushed hard on that last on the last hill climb to really give yourself that good burn and that good sweat and you know, reward yourself with a good shower. So, and I am showering twice a day with this. Like I, I work out in the morning, shower, go to work, come home, work out, shower. You know, it's, that's been, that's been programmed from day one for me. So I'm really looking forward to the next, to the next 30 days. I don't think I'm going to I don't think I'm going to change up much on the workouts other than trying to add in getting more pull-ups in and that's just personal preference on wanting to be able to to do more of those bodyweight exercises and and use the stuff that I bought. So the only thing that I may try if I'm if I'm feeling it here over the next bit is I want to I've been making sure that I eat a fair amount of fatty stuff so when you put the good types of fat into your body so you know like an animal fat so if you have a good beef steak like a ribeye you you want to have some of that fat in you so your body's registering that you're putting it in and it knows where to find it when it needs to burn off that energy it actually helps you burn off your body fat by eating the fat the good fat. We're not talking about trans fat and, you know, chips and and any of that other any of the other bad fats like saturated fats. We're just talking good animal fats or the the fats that come naturally in pistachios, almonds, cashews, stuff like that. That's good stuff as well. Um but what that does is it it does give that to your body so you do use what you're putting in to a certain degree so i think i'm i am likely going to sometime in the next week probably because we got we got what we've got for meal prep now for the remainder of this week and when we're ready to go next weekend for the next grocery run I'm likely going to do a two-week cycle of extra lean everything. So anything that I have for game meat is all lean, lean stuff. It's all deer, elk, which, you know, they have very little fat content in their, in their meat anyways. Um, I am going to pick up just some run-of-the-mill bear chicken breasts and do those as opposed to my breaded ones and I'm going to keep the fish 
because I find that to be a really good energizing breakfast material. I know fish probably isn't up on people's list typically for what you'll have in the morning, but I've had it from like raw ahi tuna, like cut up into sashimi. I don't fancy doing it with rice. I just like it as is or um, salmon steaks. I just had this week, I'm, I'm in the middle of rainbow trout fillets. That's on the menu today. You know, those are really good, but they do have fat in in, in the fish. So I'm going to need to cut it out in other areas, you know, cut, cut down on cheese. I, I love cheese. Cheese is good for me. I like it. But if I want to try to lean out for two weeks and see what kind of improvement I can see in that amount of time... And this is strictly for me for visual sake. I feel I'm on a good track otherwise, but I would really like to experiment how my body reacts on a low-fat diet for a period of time. Now, it's not sustainable for me because I can't be running on super low body fat to go, you know, backcountry hunting and expect that I'm going to have the onboard food supply to not have to pack in 40 pounds of food to feed myself when I'm doing this high output activities. Um, the goal for hunting in the mountains has slightly changed, so it's not as critical to maintain an onboard fat store when I'm going to do that. But a backcountry hunt, even though I may not be grabbing thousands of feet of elevation, it's still very physically demanding. So that is going to play a part in my decision making for this two weeks to really cut the fat for the majority of it out of my diet while still maintaining the high protein, the good supplements and and giving my body an appropriate type of carbohydrate to feast on. But it's going to it's going to simplify my diet more than it is already which will be easier for me to make stuff. It might get a little boring for a bit, but it'll be very, it'll be very good to see how I react to that dietary change. And my body might like it in the first week. It might hate it in the second or vice versa, but at least that way I'll know. So that'll be a good thing to, that'll be a good thing to find out so I can maybe fine tune my diet a little bit better for the last portion of this challenge and this will really give me you know a solid idea of of what I want for an exit plan I give I give that a lot of thought not that I'm in a hurry to get off of this program but as soon as you start making changes like this and working through the struggle and the commitment and the consistency you can't help but think, well, what's going to happen when I'm done with this? When I don't have, when I don't have these checklist items to check off on this app to say, I did this, I've completed this. You know, after that, is it, is it back to drinking beer every day and eating fast food? You know, gorging yourself on whatever you feel like overeating 
do you still get off your ass and work out? You know, what is the exit plan after this? I know they have their phases one, two, and three, and I've looked into those, but I don't, I don't know that that's my exit plan out of 75 hard. You know, I know one thing is for sure is I don't want to lose what I've gained. I may have, I may gain some more freedom to make those, the schedule a little bit more friendly to me after the fact, but I don't, I don't want to lose what I've, what I've achieved, you know, a a mental, a mentally regulated schedule and something that's a little more natural in the way of selecting what you eat, how much of it you eat, when you eat it, you know, what are you drinking? How much of it are you drinking? Is all this good for you? What are you putting in for what you want to get out of it? And I just want a little more natural of an understanding of how to live my life every day. I'm sure I'll get another dose of this after the next you know, 45 days that we have left here. But for me, I want to have a consistent diet. You know, you can have your cheat meals when you're out of this program. Sure. As long as those cheat meals don't do what they were doing for me before is turn into cheat months. And that is what the last year, November and December was for me fell right off the wagon it didn't matter yep burgers sure yep pizza sure you know like that amount of bread not good for me I know that but it's not it it turns from one excuse of oh it's Thanksgiving or oh we're in town and it's easy to get these things to oh it's Christmas but you don't stop with the cheat meals in between then it's you know Thanksgiving is easy enough for you to turn into overeating for a week of leftovers you know if you've been through a good size family Thanksgiving get together you know what I'm talking about and the same goes for Christmas at least in our house so you know those couple of times aside where you know, you can spoil yourself, you can get away with it. It's no different than drinking. I mean, yeah, are there going to be times when a person overindulges? Sure. Should that be the norm? Absolutely not. You know, do you want, do you want to function? Do you want to work out? Do you want to be driven and motivated? Do you want to feel physically fit and active in your 60s? Or do you not? I know I know what I want. I want to be able to I want to be able to do anything and everything that my mind figures that I can pull off into my 70s. I want no excuses. I want top-notch performance for my goals, my my drive to be in the outdoors, to be doing this stuff with my family, with my wife, my daughter, you know, being healthy enough to pack parts of an animal out of the backcountry for, you know, 10K, 12K. I want to be able to do that at that age. So those motivations and those, those drives, I feel at 36 years old, that's when they should settle in. 
They should settle into an everyday routine, give or take. As I always say, there's there are exceptions to every rule. So yeah, you might have the rule, hey, I'm not getting drunk. I'm not going to drink so much that it hurts my body badly the next day. There's exceptions to that rule. I am not going to overeat and you know binge eat a whole bunch of stuffing and bread and you know and candy and baking and sugar. There's exceptions to that rule. I am going to get up every day at four in the morning and work out. There are definitely exceptions to that rule. You know, is my sleep valuable at that time of day? Or do I go off of this 75 hard and say, I'm going to sleep instead of getting up at, you know, 10 to 4, am I going to sleep in till 4.30 again? Maybe. Maybe I decide at the very least I want to get up in the morning at 4 o'clock, go downstairs and stretch for 15 minutes and start my day like that. Work out in the afternoons, switch up days between going for a walk or doing a resistance band routine, depending on the weather, depending on how my body feels. I don't know yet. I know by the time I come to work, by the time I get in my truck at 5.15 every morning to leave my house to to drive to work, I feel awake. I feel pumped. I feel ready for my day. I am alert. I am there. There are days before where I was getting up and leaving late, leaving at 20 after 5, leaving at 5.30 and showing up to work, still feeling a little tired, a little run down. Yes, that may have had something to do with sleeping poorly, going to bed late, sitting on my ass watching TV too long, drinking too much during the week. You know, at least at least too much to the point where I could get a good sleep, not wake up with my body fighting, you know, an oxy- oxygenation level, which is another another point to mention. So at 36 years old, I don't know I don't know what the difference is if it's for everybody or if it's if it's one of these things where when you're younger it's easier to you know carry more oxygen. So like when my kid goes to the dentist and she has to get the little nitrous masky thing and they put the dealio on her finger measuring her blood oxygen, it's 100%. The highest that I have ever recorded myself has been 98. And in most cases, it's between 90 and 92 when I was checking it back when I was still drinking and drinking, you know, what I felt to be a comfortable amount. I measured it the one time I got a 90, I was really badly hung over. And So I was really I was really badly hung over that morning when I registered that 90, but it was somewhere between 92 and 94 when I was consistently, you know, drinking alcohol during the week and, you know, having my beers and my bourbon and whatnot. Now, I'm between I'm on an average of 96 when I take my measurements cuz I don't do them all the time. But I I am right around that 96%. Now, I I imagine that probably has to do Partly with my age, partly with my, you know, health and 
I'm sure it could improve yet again because I've registered a 97, a 98, but I average out about 95, 96. So, you know, those, those are all considerations that really, really make me want to maintain a certain level of this after the fact. Now, I don't know what that looks like just yet. You know, realistically, I don't know what it looks like just yet. But I, I feel like, I feel like to do, to do this program, to complete it and honestly put yourself through this is going to tell you how you want to live your life every day afterwards. And I think everybody should have at least the ability to give themselves like a, a self-assessment on whether or not they need to, you know, take a pause and and think about where they want to be in 20, 30 years. It's very easy to plan ahead financially for that long. I mean, anyone who's signed mortgage papers can plan ahead 25 years. Anyone who puts away into a retirement savings can plan ahead 50 years. You know, think think to yourself, and this was put to me very well. If I want to be doing something, like I say, I want to try eating healthier or counting calories, for instance. Do I want to be counting calories in five years? Or do you want to be eating more intuitively? Do you want to be having to go back through 75 hard starting from square one again in five years? If you don't, then you have to make the decisions every day that keep you from that path, that keep you from ending up where you have to make those hard decisions again. I know there's there's lots of people that'll go through that, that have gone through 75 hard more than one time. And I think that's great. I will likely do it again and readjust my goals for what I what I want, what I expect, and and have a better idea of myself, my body, and what I really need before I go in to do 75 hard again. And I think I'd probably do it about the same time of year, if not maybe a little bit earlier. You know, get a little bit more of an excuse to get out when it's a bit colder, which, you know, your body works harder, and get some more snowshoeing in because our snow's melting so badly uh, on my snowshoe track that I won't bother going out in it now. But it was fun. That's that's good fun. It's good and it's productive. So that's where I'm at. Um, I don't think I don't think there's any points that I really missed out on. I know I touched on what to drink when you're out. Um, on the drinking note, like socially, socially, I still find myself a teeny bit on the awkward side, not drinking. I don't think that that's anything other than in my head. So if anybody's going through this program or thinking of going through this program and they, and one of the main considerations is 
the not drinking, it does feel different. You know, it's it's harder to to stay out at parties or be around people drinking, even if you are drinking non-alcoholic beer or just water or coffee or, you know, your shakes or whatever you have. It does feel different. And I think, I think there's a level of, of insecurity on how you are socially that needs to be considered but not dwelled on. And one of the ways that you can deal with that is doing exactly that, dealing with it. If you go out to a function, a party, go out to dinner with friends and they're all drinking, that is a good thing. You being in that situation where you have to be stronger than the situation to overcome it is good. And you can't quit. You can't quit partway through. You cannot say, I'm going out tonight. I know these guys are drinking and I'm not going to. And then be like, ah, it's too hard or all they want to buy me a shot. No. What you need to do is you need to focus on your goal and you need to get through it. As awkward as it may feel, as much you might feel like, hey, I'm not as funny or I'm not as, you know, entertaining. I don't have as much to say because I'm not babbling incoherently about anything that crosses my brain, which is usually the type of alcohol-ridden conversations that happen, at least coming out of me before. What you have to create is a positive experience. You have to create a positive feedback loop for you going out and not drinking. So if you quit partway through the evening saying, oh, this is too hard and you don't see it through, at least for that night, Every time you think about doing anything without drinking, your mind is going to say that that's bad. I'm going to have to run away from that. So be strong with it. Stick with it. See those times through and go back. It's just like falling off a bike, falling off a horse, whatever you fall off of. You get back on it. That's important. That's important for yourself. It's important for for growing as a person and changing yourself and being comfortable with those changes because the hard ones aren't going to be easy. And the healthy ones, they're not as much fun. They really aren't. Going out and drinking at a party, going out drinking at a dance is a lot more fun than not. But that doesn't mean that it has to be difficult every time. It does get easier. But you have to work on your mind and you have to be consistent and you have to stay strong to the conviction. And I'll be experiencing that some more this weekend, so I'll fill you guys in. Anyway, that's the last that I have. That's the last that I have for this this session, this week, this month. It's been pretty good. So I'm going to leave you guys with that and I will touch back. I will touch back at the end of another week or another two weeks, depending on if I have anything noteworthy to report here at the end of this weekend. And I'll keep you guys as posted as possible. So thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. And I'll talk to you next time.